have to say or our flesh has to say. We want to hear what does God say? What does the Spirit want me to hear? Brother Brown, and, uh, Brother Ross, rather, is that kind of man. So as I bring him to the, I guess, my pulpit here, let's just clap, let's be focused, and pay attention. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. always on time, and he always knows exactly what we need. As we were singing, I, I was praying, and I, I feel before we begin to start that God wants to pray for this generation, this young generation, that a spirit of fear would be removed out of them. Because there is an enemy that stands in front of us, intimidating us constantly, and it's making us feel many times inadequate to be able to go to war. But I want to pray this afternoon over the spirit of fear that God would remove it off of this generation, that they would go forth in victory, declaring the things of God. So if you can raise your hands, and for those adults, if you would stretch forth your hand towards these young people, Lord Jesus, I pray right now over this generation, God. I pray that you would bind up the spirit of fear, Lord, that has put its hands over this generation, over every young man and over every young woman, God, trying to deter their minds from the calling of God on them, trying to deter their minds from walking in the liberty and walking in the power and walking in the anointing of God. Lord, I pray strength over them right now. God, I pray that your glory would break every yoke, that you would break every stronghold of the enemy, and that, God, you would allow them to rise up as an army, Lord. Allow them to rise up victorious, God. Allow them to be bold as a lion. Allow them to trust in their God. Allow them to believe in your strength and hold fast to that, God, for victory is ours. Victory is ours. Victory is ours. Our God is good. Our God is good. Our God is good. I want you to say with me today, victory is believing every day. Say it again. Victory is believing every day. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to start at verse 2. Again, that's 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to start at verse 2. And I'm going to be honest with you, as I, as I sought the Lord, I wrestled with what to speak to you all. I wrestled with what God wanted to convey. But the more I prayed and the more I pushed in, I began to understand as I was praying, we were going through warfare because, you see, every time someone ministers to you, they are affecting the course of your life. And there is a warfare that comes before it. Many times we don't understand when we're going through it, but there's a warfare that comes when things are being invested in you. Things are being deposited in your spirit because you are the generation that will take control once those who have gone before you have passed on the scene. You are the generation that will come forth with power, but things need to be pushed into you and invested. And there is a warfare that all those you see, your elders, are praying over you. They're believing God for you. They are praying that strongholds and things won't be on your life. So I encourage you, value those elders in your life. Value those who look to you and try to help you. Don't despise them. But listen to them because there is wisdom in their words. You will you bypass so many mistakes in your life if you will but hear the voice of the elders. If you would but hear the voice of those who have went before and struggled and done things. You will save yourself so much time. And I encourage you today, listen and be wise in your ways. This is a familiar passage in Scripture. This is where we're talking about David and Goliath. And we're starting off in verse 2. And Saul, 
and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. So if you can picture this, you have all of Israel lined up over here. And all of the Philistines lined up over here. And this is an intense moment. They are about to en engage on warfare. This is the moment where you're standing there. If you're in those armies, you're looking down wondering, is this the last time I will ever fight? Will I get through this moment? What is going to happen? Every thought is racing through their minds and they're all standing there ready for this battle. Verse four, and there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And the spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing one shield went before him. If you can begin to get a picture he had to have someone carry his shield. He was so big. One person just carried the shield. If you begin to picture this, this is the person that the Philistines have sent out to face Israel. Because in those days, what they first did is they would send out one man from each camp, the strongest, the most savage, the most bravest to fight the battle. And if that man would win, then they would have to serve them. But if he would have to lose, if he lost, the others would serve. And we're looking at a picture now of a beast. Taller than you've ever seen. Stronger than you could ever imagine. Standing before the armies of Israel. Verse 8, and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye the servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. These are some big terms. This isn't just any war. You see, if they lose this battle, everything they've ever known, the way they function, the way they live, their belief system, everything will change. And they will have to serve the gods of the other armies. They'll have to live for them and do all that they say. Verse 10. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul in all Israel heard those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid in verse 16 and then you'll be able to be seated and the philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days god i pray this day lord that you would grant wisdom and understanding to this young generation god i pray there would be a release of power and anointing god i pray that today all fears all timidness. I pray that all misconceptions, that the adversary is greater. I pray that you would begin to open the minds of these young people to understand who they are in you and understand what power they possess and understand what God they serve. I pray this day that you would strengthen them, Lord, and that you would speak your word through my lips and no more. 
Let your will be done tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Forgive my voice. Can you hear me okay? Okay. So what we have here is now a situation. You have all of Israel sitting out there in the battle. And like I said before, if you could picture this, you have Goliath of Gath, this huge enemy standing before the army of Israel. Have you ever seen something in your life that seemed insurmountable? A situation, or have you ever seen a huge person, a person when you saw them, you were like, that person is really big. Have you ever seen something greater than what you think you are able to even touch or handle or imagine? In that moment, those Israelites were feeling that very same way. They had lived their lives. They had went through battles before. They had conquered before. But in this moment, there came a champion from the Philistines' camp, Goliath of Gath, a man of war, not just any other man, but a man of war from his youth. He understood how to fight. He understood the different nuances of his enemies. He understood how to defeat them. He was trained how to move, how to fight, how to use the spear, how to use the bow, how to use the shield. He was given the armor that he needed from the best and the richest of countries. He was a warrior in the eyes of all that were around him. And you see, sometimes within our lives, that same spirit creeps upon us. You see, we are supposed to be the children of God. The children of the God that is able to do all things. But when situations, when the adversary comes, when situations happen in your life, it seems so big, like I can't do this. It's too big for me to handle. That same Goliath staring them in the face every day. You see, there was an intimidation factor. The first day he came out, he began to declare to them, Send me out a man. Bring him out so that I may fight. No one came. The second morning, send me out a man so that I can fight. The third, the fourth, the 20th day, the 30th day. And you see, this was a tactic. Because every single day, they saw that giant step out onto the battlefield. The, the voice would ring out. They would see his size. They would see his stature. It began to put fear in their hearts. And it began to drive them to doubt, are we able to do this? Those scriptures said specifically, when they saw this Goliath, they all, from Saul the king, to all the armies were afraid. You see, we live in a generation where if you try to stand for anything that is true, where if you try to stand to be an example to the world, where if you try to stand to live for God and you try to pray and you try to read your word and you try to keep yourself pure and you try to do what's right, you have adversaries around every corner every single day saying, Send me out a man. Come on. If you think you're so good, bring it on. Let's see if your God can do anything. And many times when we hear that voice, we begin to believe those delusions. We begin to believe those lies. We begin to hearken unto them. And fear creeps in. And once fear creeps in our hearts, it cripples us. Imagine you have an army that has been trained to fight, but not one person dared to step down and challenge Goliath. You have a generation right now where this world is turning so far from God and moving so far into the depths of sin. And they're saying, is your God real? Send us out a Christian. Send us out a child of God. If you really think you're a child of God, come on out. 
If you really think you can heal them, come on out. If you really think they'll believe you speaking the gospel, come on out. If you really think you were called to something in ministry, come on out. If you really want to consecrate your life and be different from everyone else, come on out. It's beckoning day in and day out, pulling on you, trying to deter you from the promises of God, trying to deter you from the plan of God. See, Israel knew that they were God's chosen people. They had seen his power on display. They had seen his might. They understood how great he was. But in that moment, that one man seemed insurmountable. And everyone feared. Fear crept into the whole camp. People walked around. Even Saul said, you know what? I'm going to do this. If you can defeat him, I'm going to give you one of my daughters and riches. It got to the point that the king was so fearful, he kept making offers. Come on, if you can do it, I'll give you land. I'll do this. I'll do that. Someone go fight him. But there was no one. And there are streets. There are schools. There are colleges. There are places that have been defeated and Goliath stands at the mouth of all those schools and all those places saying send me a Christian Goliath is saying if you really are what you say you are send me a man and he's saying this to you generation if I defeat you you've got to serve me You've got to give me everything. You've got to surrender control. And there are too many of the young people who are going out unequipped, not knowing anything, and allowing that giant to destroy them for fear, not even trying to challenge them, but just saying, I give up and I'll serve you regardless if anyone comes. I don't want to have to go through the struggle. I don't want to have to go through the warfare. I don't want to have to be the one. But God is calling you. God is reaching for you. Because even though there were so many mighty men out there, there was not one who stepped out onto that field until. You see, no matter what situation you are in, There is always a David. There is always a way for you to reach a generation. Verse 23 says, or verse 22, And David left his carriage in the hands of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brothers. And he talked with them. Behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words David had heard them. The same words that were being spoken day after day after day after day that paralyzed all of Israel when one young, tiny kid came out on a battlefield who heard the word spoken from the enemy. And you see, the thing that was different about David was this. You see, before David ever stepped on on a battlefield, before David ever tried to go face any giant, David had his own walk with God. You see, David would find himself out in the shepherd's field, out in the hills, talking to God, singing to God, having a relationship with God, getting to know the Lord. And you see, in those moments, God was building his strength. There'll be many times you may come to youth service. There'll be many times you may go places and it feels like you're totally alone and you have your own relationship with God. And you're like, God, I'm trying. God, I'm doing everything you ask me. God, just continue to use me. And you feel inadequate. You feel like I want to do something. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep pushing 
keep praying, keep prevailing, keep believing, even if there are others in your youth group who decide not to be the David and say, I will continue on. I will continue to seek the Lord. I will continue to search the Lord. It doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. They may be crippled by the fear of the world, but I'm going to stand up. I'm going to do something different. And you see, David had his own instances that he came up to grips with. Because after that moment, David said, huh. David's looking around at all these grown men. Can you imagine being a young kid standing in the midst of huge warriors that have been battling their whole lives, smitten by fear, and just a little kid hears the words of the enemy and something sparks in him. You see, when David said that, David's sitting there and he's like, what in the world is going on? Why isn't anyone doing anything? And you imagine a young kid trying to tell a bunch of grown soldiers and grown warriors, why aren't y'all doing anything? Someone probably wanted to smack that kid and say, you don't get back to the shepherd's house and bring some more cheese or something. What are you doing out here? And his brothers actually charged him on that. I know your heart. I know what you're doing out here. You just want to see the battle. Head back to your father's house and go to those feasts. You see, David was despised even by his own brothers. You see, there are many times when you're seeking God and when you're doing the things that God wants you to do as a young person, you'll be despised by others. You may be despised by your own siblings. All my life, I I just want to share it. All my life, I've been trying my best to be connected to my brother and sister. But because I chose to live for the Lord, they don't want anything to do with me. And do you know how it hurts and how easy I could turn my life back and go to the world and then be accepted by them? But God says not so. God says be a young person, not so. It doesn't matter who is against you. God is for you. God is with you. And God sees more in you than you see yourself. You see, what Israel saw was a large warrior, an undefeated foe. They saw their destruction and their demise. They saw him defiling their God, that he was bigger than what they could handle. That's the mindset that they had, and that's the mindset the world wants you to have. You're defeated. You can't do anything. Our world is bigger than your world. Our God is bigger than your God. Give up. Stop trying to be a Christian. Stop trying to tell others about the Lord. That's the message the world is sending you. But it is up to you to say not so. You see, when David saw Goliath, you know what David saw? Just another small traveling warrior. Someone defiling the God who he served. A chance for God to save his people. And even while he was a young boy, He saw a flock of sheep, which is the children of Israel, in trouble. Even as a young child, see, when God puts a calling on your life, he'll put things inside of you that you don't even understand why you're doing at times. Can you imagine, do you think David really understood the totality of what he was doing in that moment? And in that moment, he chooses, and all the things he begins to say to all of them, who is this that tries to defile the gods of the armies of Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He begins to declare these things with boldness, declare them with passion, believing. And they bring that young man and say, all right, you got so much mouth, come on. They bring him in front of Saul, the king. And Saul sits there and looks at David probably wondering, sitting there in all his royal armament, looking at this young kid. How in the world do you think you're going to defeat him? You see, Goliath has been a warrior from his youth. Have you ever tried to do something for the Lord and someone's come up to you and say, what do you think you're doing? 
do you really think you can go out there and save those people who are lost? Do you really think God called you to be a missionary? Do you really think God called you to preach something? Do you really think God called you to be a Sunday school teacher? Do you really think God called you to do anything? He's supposed to be the king, the ruler of Israel, to encourage the people and protect them. And he's making fun of the sin. He's like, okay, so if you think you're so bad, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you all this armor. I'm going to put it on you so you can go out to war. I'm going to put this helmet on you. I'm going to put all this stuff on. And if you could imagine this scrawny kid with all this stuff weighing down, and he's probably sitting there like with his sword and shield looking crazy. And he's like, go head out, David, mighty man. Go head out and do it. But you see, here's the thing you've got to understand. Even though people may make fun of you and try to equip you with foolish armor, you can only take to battle the things that you have truly proven of God. That's all you can take to battle. You can't try to go out being another young person. You can't try to go out being this person or that person. You got to be who God made you to be. And you got to go out with the authority God has put on your life. Someone else's armor isn't going to work for you. And David's sitting there, and he tells Saul point blank. You see, I was out in the field, and a bear came and tried to grab one of my sheep. And I took him, and I grabbed him, and I destroyed him. And a lion came, and I took him by him, and I ripped him. And this uncircumcilicide, he'll be just as the same. See, what you've got to do, young person, is there's got to be moments at the altar that you have that you've overcome and you've had victory in your life. And when you have that victory in your life, make that altar under God and say, I remember what you did for me that day. And I'm going to hold fast to that. And when years go by and times go by and it gets harder, remember what God did because another situation will come. Make another altar. Make another moment with God. Make another time where you say, God, I trust you. I believe in you. And it will strengthen you. Because if David would have never had been in those fields away with God, he would have never had the altercation with the bear. He would have never had the altercation with the lion and been able to prove his own armor. If you don't go through any situations in your life, how will you prove your armor? Your parents can't always be there to bail you out. Your grandparents can't be there to bail you out. Sometimes you got to get down on your own two knees and say, God, help me. God, give me the strength. God, light my way. God, direct my steps. God, make me into the man or young woman you want me to be. You've got to do it. No one else can do it for you. When I was a kid, I used to get up sometimes in the middle of the night to sneak some cookies. And in our house, like the, the hallway was wooden, so there were certain creeks. So during the daytime, I tried to be strategic, and I would find out where the creeks were. So at nighttime, I'd go on my reconnaissance mission, and I would know right where the creeks were so I could get those cookies. That was great. I love cookies. But many times, I would get up on my little mission, and I would hear my mom praying at 2 and 3 in the morning. And I would stop. Another week, and I'd be doing the same thing at that same early time. Like, Mom, you always up. I want these cookies. But over and over, this kept happening. And I was like, man. And what I, it, what it began to do inside of me was understand that you know what? There's got to be a constant prayer life in my life. There's got to be a time that I set aside for God, not for myself or my cookie pleasure. There's got to be a time where I say, God, I want strength from you. God, I need you. God, I want you to help me. God, I need you to grow me. And it's because of those prayers and hearing those prayers, I begin to develop my own prayer life as a child. And I begin to understand things. Did I have shortcomings? Yes. Did the enemy destroy years of my life? Yes, he did. But did he, I, God give it back to me? Yes, he did. And now I'm encouraging you. 
don't make the same mistakes that many of us have went before made. But choose today to say, I will not bow to you, Goliath. I will not bow to this world, to the compromising. I won't bow. Because the world is actually looking for someone who is real. Many times you may hear, come and send us a man, but they're saying it. That Goliath may be there, but behind them, there are souls standing there saying, please send us a man. I'm tired of living on this side, and I won what you got, but you're too fearful to come over here so I can get there. And they're sitting there wondering, waiting waiting to see God do something, waiting to see this big thing that has happened in their lives. And they're waiting for you to step out on the field. But because of fear, they don't move. When you see the person who needs prayer in the school, you don't pray. When you see someone in need, fear cripples you. And you're like, I just want to be accepted. But God's saying, I've already accepted you. I want you to be different, and I want you to tell them so they can be accepted. Don't go to their side. Bring them to your side. Go out to that battlefield. Go out believing that all those nights that you labored, all those nights praying, all that time you spent in the Word, it will come to pass if you allow the situation to happen. But if you don't create the situation for God to show up and show his power, how will he do it? If David would have never walked on that field, how would God's power and glory be on display? All that would have been written in history is the Philistines in the world had the greatest power on display. But simply in that moment, David said, I trust in God. David went to the giant and grabbed him some smooth stones. David said, you know what? God's been with me all the time. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. I may have messed up at times, but he's always been with me. I know that with these stones, I have killed things in the past. I know that with these stones, he has given me precision in prayer. I know that with these stones, he's given me precision in the word of God. I know with these stones, he's built that foundation in my life. And I'm going to use these stones to slay that big hunk of meat. And you see, once he stepped out on that field, the charge that was going forth was still going forth. But then Goliath looks at him, and he's like, what is this? Am I a dog? More fear tactics, because he's getting closer to what God wants him to do. I'm going to eat you up and crush your bones and feed you to the birds. More fear tactics, because he's getting closer to what God has promised closer to the anointing, closer to the destiny, closer to freeing those around him. And as he steps out and he says, ha, 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 I don't come to you with a sword or with a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God, the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And he tells him point blank, I will take off your head. Where is the boldness in this generation? Where is that sense inside of your heart saying victory is believing every day? You know what? Every day I wake up, it doesn't matter what comes my way. I believe God can help me overcome. Every day you open your eyes, it may not be the best day, but I'm believing God will give me the victory. I'm believing God will help me destroy the giant. I'm believing God will help me to sever the head of the enemy so that others can be freed and so that all the people can rejoice. And in that moment, when David decides to engage on him and begins to run at him, you see the greatest battle going on. The battle of faith. 
15 or 16-year-old kid running straight for a grown man of war. And he swings that thing back. And with all of his faith, I walk by faith and not by sight. He releases his faith in all that God has given him into the atmosphere. And I tell you this, sometimes in my mind, I wonder if it's really, it was not David's accuracy, but it was the fact that he launched that stone out in faith and God channeled that stone in the winds to go directly to the very heart and center of the issue that was troubling Israel. That giant who sat there, all the army he had in the one spot that was open, that stone smacked knocked him down. You don't have to be the best of the best. What you have to be is yielded, submitting, and just ready to believe God to do a work. Because in that moment, that young man released it. And as he fell to the ground, all the fear, all the fright, all the words of torment, all the words of you guys are this, your God is nothing. All the fears that Israel had been feeling in one moment destroyed. And as they see David running even closer to him and David grabs that sword, pulls it out of the sheath. And stands above Goliath and cuts his head off. It may sound gory, but here's the thing you've got to understand. When you face an enemy, don't you dare just wound the enemy and let him stay in your life. When you face the enemy, you take his head off. You totally destroy that enemy. That was the same reason Saul was kicked out of the kingdom. Saul was stripped from his throne because he did not destroy everything that the prophet told him to do. David, a young king, he did everything that was required. And at that young age, facing that giant, defeating him, in that moment, all of Israel cheered and just this great victory shout came in. And they began to pursue the enemy. And great, great victory was won that day. Why was that victory won? Because a young person decided, I'm going to be committed to God. In the face of every adversity, in the face of all the peer pressure, in the face of all those around me, I'm going to be committed to God and I'm going to give myself to him. What is your choice tonight, young people? God has equipped you. He has great things for your life. But are you taking the things God has given to you and giving them back to him so that you can help others achieve the same victory? You see, unless you believe in your mind every single day that victory is believing, that every day I'm going to wake up and believe God that he can do it. Every day I'm going to wake up because every day they woke up and heard the enemy shouting. So you've got to be on your guard and say, every day I'm going to wake up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. The battle is not mine, but it's the Lord's. I can do all things through Christ. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. But it's got to be within your heart today. What do you desire to see? And I know at a young age sometimes you feel impressionable. You really want to do things for God. You feel on the fence back and forth like I want to serve God. I want to do what's right, but I'm not sure. I encourage you today, get that deep relationship with God. If David had not prayed in those hills, if David had not sang praise in those hills, if David had not begun to defend those sheep that he protected in those hills, he would have never finished the victory on that field. But it was all because of his private devotion. When you are devoted to God, what you do privately will manifest itself publicly. 
And privately, David was a warrior. Privately, David was a man after God's own heart. And publicly, he did the same. What are you doing in your private time? Is there a time where you're seeking after God? Is there a time where you're truly trusting in him and wondering, God, what do you have for my life? I encourage you today to come to a place that you have got to pursue the enemy. That you can't just pursue him by mindlessly doing it. You have got to pursue him to destroy him. Because lives are counting on it. Your destiny is counting on it. If you know the plan that God has crooked in your life, and fear has had you gripped, tonight I'm encouraging you to symbolically put that spear in your hand and to stand to your feet and walk to this altar and lay that spear down. And begin to make an altar saying, God, from this day forward, I am going to connect with you. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe that everything that I face, you will be there with me. So that when the time comes and you desire me to do something and to defeat the enemy to help others, I can do it. If we could all stand. Here's the thing. We talked about what Israel saw in Goliath and what Goliath saw of them. But what did what did God see of Goliath? In David, God saw a faithful warrior. In David, God saw a mighty man. Or in you ladies, a mighty young woman. In David, God saw a leader, a king. In David, God saw a man after God's own heart. In David, God saw someone who was committed. And in you, young person, the Lord sees a warrior. The Lord sees a young person who's going to go forth and do great and mighty things. But it's all in you. What will you do this day with what God sees in you? Will you allow what God sees in you? To project where you go in the future? Or will you allow what the enemy says about you to project where you go? You see, because we're always plagued with those two choices. To believe the report of the Lord or to believe the report of the enemy. When the 12 spies were sent out, 10 came back with a negative report. But two came back with a good report. We are able to take the land. Are you this day able to take your school? Are you this day able to take your friends? Are you this day able to be victorious and believe that you can do it? Believe that you can share the word. Believe that lives will be changed, not by the pastor or the associate pastor, but by you. Do you believe that? I encourage you today, if you believe it, I invite you to this altar. So that you yourself can have that time with God and begin that time in your lives to say, God, begin to create in me the same heart that David had. Let my heart be a heart after your heart. Let me seek after you. Let me trust after you. Let me fight the good fight of faith. Let me war the good warfare. Let me defeat the enemy. Let me not play with the enemy, but let me destroy the enemy. Let me totally annihilate the enemy and all his unrighteousness. Because that voice will scream at you day and night. And this doesn't just go for this young generation. It goes for us all because that voice is speaking to us daily. Send me out a Christian. Send me out someone committed. Send me out someone who says that their God is stronger. Is your God stronger this day than that enemy that declares that he is stronger? What will you do today with the negative words that this world speaks constantly? Will you be as David who says, not so, not today, but I will destroy you? Or will you be like the armies of Israel 
that Christian fear, that Christian being afraid. God, I pray over this generation that, God, they would believe you, that, God, they would scream against the voice of the enemy, saying, I will destroy you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I would not allow your voice to cripple our generation. I would not allow your voice to make us afraid. We will not compromise. We will not serve your gods. We will not do what you desire, but we will follow the Lord our God. We will live for the Lord our God, and we will serve him with everything we have. What is God saying to you today? Is God calling you? What is God calling you to do? What is your personal battlefield? Where are the things that have crippled you that God is saying, I want you to overcome them. I want you to destroy them. Where is your battlefield? Is it peer pressure? Is it low self-esteem? Is it wanting to fit in? Where is your battlefield? Trust God to destroy the enemy. God, I pray right now that you would strengthen every young person, God. Strengthen their minds and their hearts, Lord. That, God, they would believe your reports. That, God, they would trust in you. That, God, they would not believe the lies of the enemy. But, that, God, they would seek after you. That they would find that private devotion away from everything, God. And begin to seek you. And begin to prove your word in their lives. Begin to prove prayer in their lives. Begin to prove fasting in their lives. Begin to prove the discipline of their lives. Help them, Lord Jesus. Help them, Lord Jesus, to prove their armor.